I thought my job was I've got this revenue goal. And so I've got to set appointments. I've got to meet with people and I've got to convince them to buy my product, right? It had nothing to do with learning about the buyer, nothing to do with positioning myself as a solution or a business partner. And once my mindset changed, really thinking of how I can help or how I can creatively add value, that's when everything changed. It became a lot more rewarding and a lot easier. And so I think my biggest takeaway from that first job was really creating value rather than focusing on the revenue goal. And I'm Libby Gladys. We're hosting the Tech Sales is for Hustlers special campus series. There are almost 5,000 colleges and universities nationwide, and only about 200 have dedicated sales programs. We are finding the leaders of those programs to get a behind-the-scenes look at how they're prepping the next generation of sales stars. Join us as we talk about their own career journeys, what advice they have for students considering a future in sales, and insights into what every student needs to know for a sales career. The Tech Sales is for Hustlers special campus series. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Tech Sales is for Hustlers campus series. Today, Libby and I are super excited to welcome April from Metro State in Denver. April, we are really excited to have you today. Yes, thank you very much for having me. This is exciting to be a part of this program. Awesome. Well, I know you and Libby have worked together, at least for this last year, recruiting your students out in the Denver area, one of our newer offices for Memory Blue. But in order to kick things off, I wanted to start by asking you something that I typically ask the students that I interview when I start my conversations with them, which is give us your highlight reel. What's the 62nd April background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. For sure. So like you said, I teach sales courses at Metropolitan State University of Denver. And in addition to that, I'm the director of our Center for Professional Selling. So I have been teaching at MSU Denver for nine years. And before that, I was in a sales role. And when I learned that MSU Denver had a sales program, I knew that was something that I really wanted to get involved with. Having worked in sales, I knew how critical selling skills were. I knew how difficult sales could be if you didn't know what to do. And I knew there were a lot of great opportunities out there for students who could sell. So it was exciting for me to make that move from salesperson to sales educator. And I absolutely love what I do. About me personally, born and raised here in Colorado. And so I love skiing and hiking and everything that our beautiful state has to offer. And my husband and I have two kids. They're very active. So we really enjoy going to hockey games, baseball games, dance recitals, and and really being involved in all of the things that they love. That's awesome. We are really happy to have you. I mean, I think just looking over your LinkedIn and we wanted to get a better understanding of your professional past, your school and university and the sales program is just expanding the knowledge of professional sales as a legitimate career path. I think a lot of students kind of have these hesitations, which is a theme that we'll talk about in a lot of we're doing. So my question for you is because you started in sales before you began teaching, what caused you to do that? Did you have an aha moment where you decided you wanted to start a sales career? Did that role just kind of happen? You know, walk us through what that decision-making factor was for you. Well, I will say that sales was 100% not on my radar when I was in college. And actually the idea itself terrified me. And my sales career was in professional sports. So 
I knew I wanted to work in sports. It was something that I always grew up and enjoyed and, and knew I wanted to go that direction. So the opportunity I had to break into that industry was in a sales role. And once I learned what selling really is, which of course is completely opposite of what I envisioned it to be, I really started to enjoy it. So that's very exciting. You started in professional sports and I think a lot of young people envision themselves and that's kind of like a dream job for them. How did you know you wanted to work for professional sports? What did you end up doing? Who'd you work for? Tell us more about that. So just growing up in Colorado, it was always my dream to work for one of our sports teams here. And so I was lucky enough to be able to work for Cronkie Sports and Entertainment, which was the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche. And I think that's kind of what is unique about sales. And what's neat about it is that there's really opportunity to pursue your passion. So virtually every industry, any direction that you want to take your career needs qualified people who can sell. And I never envisioned that would be in a sales role. In fact, I don't think I really knew. I knew I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't really know what that would encompass or I didn't really have a vision beyond that. And so I think if you are open-minded, there's really opportunity for sales, regardless of what your interests are or the direction that you want to take your career. Definitely. So going off of this awesome career journey of working within, I mean, you had to start somewhere, right? Not everyone has to begin point A and memory blue hiring for an entry-level sales position. We find ourselves educating a lot about expectations and things like that. My question is, what was your first sales job? And what do you think was the biggest takeaway that you got from that experience? Like what was the biggest thing that you're able to carry with you now that you're in later parts of your career? So before I was even with the Nuggets and Avalanche, I I was selling indoor arena football, (laughs) which was a very tough sell. And I think what was difficult was it was a hard role and not because the role was hard, but because I didn't understand my role. I thought my job was, I've got this revenue goal. And so I've got to set appointments. I've got to meet with people and I've got to convince them to buy my product, right? It had nothing to do with learning about the buyer, nothing to do with positioning myself as a solution or a business partner. It's a really rough go, right? If you're just trying to hit your numbers and and focusing on that revenue goal. And once my mindset changed, really thinking of how I can help or how I can creatively add value. That's when everything changed. It became a lot more rewarding and a lot easier. And so I think my biggest takeaway from that first job was really creating value rather than focusing on the revenue goal. And any sales job is going to be difficult if you don't have the right mindset. And so I think that was my biggest takeaway for me was just just how you approach it. And I think that like change of framework is a big aha moment for a lot of students. When they first take that initial sales course, they realize that, you know, there's more to this than what I originally thought. And it is a place where I can actually find a lot of success With that said, sales is such a male-dominated industry, as most industries are. And we're really fortunate to be able to sit and talk with a woman that has been able to find so much success in this space. My question for you now is if you have any advice, now that you are where you're at in your career, for someone or for a woman that's considering beginning their journey within the sales realm. As far as kind of preparing for a sales career goes... I'm a bit biased, but I think there's no better way to prepare for a sales role than getting sales education at a university level. So if that's a possibility, that would be my biggest piece of advice. And if you're looking for a school with a formal sales program, the University Sales Center Alliance is a really great resource for that. But research shows us that students who graduate from sales programs, they tend to ramp up quicker when they're on the job. 
they tend to turn over less than their non-sales educated peers, which makes sense, right? They're learning the sales process. They're doing sales role plays before they even start their careers. So I think having a head start, if you can, in a university capacity is very helpful. We want to see our students find meaningful careers and do well. I also think when you're starting your career, really finding a company that is going to provide training and support to set you up for success. And that's important for us, the industry partners that we work with. We need to find ones who are going to invest in our graduates. And actually, I've been really impressed by the alumni data for Memory Blues sales development program, not just the information about where they're working and what they're earning, but I think the number I saw was 97% of alumni thought that Memory Blue taught them vital sales skills. So that speaks volumes too. So I guess that would be my best advice for somebody looking to start a sales career. You had mentioned earlier that when you were considering and early in your career getting into sales, that it terrified you. And I agree. I was in the same position as well. And I know a lot of the students that we interview are in the same position, whether they have the opportunity to be in a sales program or not. I think there's a little bit of fear there. How do you work with your students and prepare them so that they have the right expectations and I guess maybe harness that fear or they're ready to tackle it head on? Like, what do you do and how do you work with them to prepare them? I think first and foremost is letting them know that fear is very common. And I wasn't just terrified. I was absolutely terrified. (laughs) I remember the moment of, of when I accepted that sales job and when I went out to my car kind of taking a breath. And and I literally felt like I wanted to throw up. Like I was so scared to go into a sales role. And so I think first and foremost, just letting them know like, Hey, I get it. This is common, not just for me, but I think for a lot of people who go into sales, I think some of the common misconceptions that we think about really are true. A common misconception that we run into is that you need to be an extrovert to succeed in sales. Sometimes people envision this certain type of a personality that you have to have in order to be a salesperson. And something like that, being an introvert or an extrovert, doesn't really determine your success. Yes, obviously you're talking to people and building relationships, but you've also got to be listening carefully and attentively. And if you want to drive value for your prospects, you've got to understand their pain points. So you've got to be able to listen really well. You've got to be empathetic. You've got to be open-minded. This kind of goes along with that old saying, salespeople are born, not made, which is totally bogus, right? Sales is a process, just like anything. If the more you practice it, the more you learn, you're just going to get better at it. So I think just addressing those common misconceptions and letting them know, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I think that's a good point to normalize it. I remember my very first sales gig, a colleague told me, oh, you're nervous. That's good. You should be nervous. Use it. (laughs) Right. And I think it's good to let students know that it's okay to feel that way. And it really is about learning the craft and preparing and studying and harnessing it. So let's talk a little bit about students that you currently work with and how you made that transition from being in sales yourself to becoming an educator, why did you make that jump? And I guess what was calling you to become a professor at MSU? I think just seeing the opportunity to really help students. So having worked in sales, my first, I would say 18 months were really difficult. Again, because I didn't know what I was doing. I was approaching it in the entirely opposite way that I should have. And so I think being able to help students just jumpstart that and kind of bypass that really painful, ugly part really seemed exciting to me. So if you could 
tell yourself, go back in time and tell yourself how to prepare for your first role to bypass that ugly part, what would you say to yourself? I would say, think of yourself as a helper. For me personally, when I'm able to help people, that's kind of my happy place. And not just in my career, but I spend a lot of time volunteering. And so I think actually becoming a teacher was a natural fit because I really enjoy and helping people. And in sales, I started to be successful when I focused less on the revenue and focused more on helping people. So keep in mind, you're trying to help people. And I think that makes it less intimidating too, when we go into some of those sales appointments or making those cold calls. Just keep in mind that you're talking to another person on the other side of things. And if you're just focusing on helping them, for me personally, I think that would have helped me a lot as a new salesperson. Definitely. So I know that you said that there isn't a special kind of person that thrives in sales. There's not a specific criteria of what it means to be successful. But I would argue that there are some traits that really strong salespeople do have because it is a role that you're facing a fair amount of rejection and having to overcome a lot of adversity and put yourself so far out of your comfort zone. I mean, in your experience, what kind of qualities or what traits or essential traits do strong salespeople have or top performers typically have in your eyes? Yes. And you're absolutely right. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you do sometimes have to have kind of a thick skin because you're going to absolutely face rejection a little bit more than you're going to get the wins. And so I think somebody who recognizes that and is able to stay the course, I think it's somebody who is able to stay on task. Sales is a little bit entrepreneurial in the sense that you're managing your client relationships. You're responsible for managing your day. So having that vision to say the work that I'm doing now, the prospect that I'm doing, I may not see the fruits of that labor until six months or however long from now. So I think somebody who is able to stay on task, despite sometimes the rejection, I think is very important. I love what you were saying. I mean, you do have to be extremely patient in sales because normally, especially in the B2B solution-based selling space, the sales cycles can be so long. And that delayed gratification mindset, I find that a lot of students are really looking for the now. We get so much immediately. You order something on Amazon, it shows up the next day. April, you work with a lot of young students. Some of them, maybe they know they want to go into sales. Maybe they took a class and they get a little taste of it and they think, oh, this might be the right career for me. How do you mentor them and advise them for that first job out of college? Are there certain things that you say you suggest to these students, these graduates to look for in a job and a career and what they sell? Like, how do you mentor them and lead them to that first job out of school? We try to work with a diverse list of marketplace partners so that they have the ability while they're in our program to really get exposure to a number of different industries and career opportunities, particularly in B2B sales. These are usually companies that aren't household names. And so for them to learn who these companies are, who they sell to, what they do, what's their value proposition, that's really helpful. I also advise students look beyond the job title, right? So if you get a job offer, there could be an account executive position at 10 different companies and they could be 10 different roles. So I would advise students to really get a good understanding of what they'll be doing, right? Is this inside sales, outside sales? Who are you selling to? What metrics are you evaluated on? If that's not evident in the job description, then I would say you really need to prepare a list of questions to learn as much as you possibly can about the role during the interview process. So again, look beyond that job title. Is this something that you can see yourself doing every day? Can you see yourself succeeding at it? And do you see yourself enjoying it? 
Yeah, that's such a good point. There are so many different versions of account executives and there's about a hundred different titles for SDR or sales development reps. So it's important for students to interview and talk to as many companies as possible because that's one of the ways you'll figure out what you gravitate toward is by having those conversations and not kind of reading a job description, judging a book by its cover. So I think you made a comment about your first job was arena football selling. Were you selling like season tickets or game tickets? What was that like? All of the above. It was an expansion team. So they needed to fill that building any way they could. So yeah. And it was a very small organization. So which was good because we got experience selling season tickets, group tickets, VIP packages, a little bit of everything. Would you say that that was the hardest sales job you have had in your career so far? Hands down. And not because I think selling sports sometimes is a relatively easier sale. It's something people tend to get excited about and it's fun. But I think it was hard in the sense that I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) It was your first. Yeah. And just approaching it the completely opposite way that I should have been approaching it is what made it difficult. Yeah. Well, that resonates a lot with our current SDRs because this is most likely the hardest job they'll ever have because it's their first real sales job. And so kind of learning the mechanics and teaching yourself the right habits that you need to have, and you're really building a foundation in that first job. So it's good to remember and remind yourself that it's not forever. It's to build the right habits for a long, successful career. And I think for anybody in their first year in sales, that growth curve is just going to be huge. So I think we talked a little bit about normalizing some of those fears. I think normalizing, like it's going to be tough your first year. And so I think recognizing that right out of the gate too, and not giving up when it does get a little challenging is important too. The pain of finding and hiring strong sales professionals is a critical challenge that is widespread and getting worse. The Memory Blue Direct Hire Service specializes in filling sales development roles within the high-tech space. And with a one-year performance guarantee and 0% interest financing, you can feel secure in your selection process when you use Memory Blue Direct Hire. As a company, we hire close to 300 SDRs annually across our five office locations. That's nearly an SDR per day all year long. Finding, hiring, and developing sales talent is the core strength of our business. Now we're letting the public tap into the resources of our world-class talent team, specifically trained to find high potential SDRs in order to close this gap. For more information on this service, check out memoryblue.com direct. Think back to your sales career and is there a deal or a, your biggest win or your most memorable win that you can think of that just like sticks with you to this day? I don't know if this counts as a sales win, <laughs> but by far the absolute best part of this job is hearing from students, maybe six months or a year or even more down the road after they graduate. And they'll send me an email or, or call and say, I absolutely love this role that I'm in and I'm killing it. And I appreciate how you helped me get here. And that is just so rewarding. And you're so proud of them to hear from them. And, and that is what it is all about. So that is absolutely hands down the most rewarding and my favorite part about this job. Yeah, that's great. What do you find students, your students specifically, what are they most excited about when they're looking for their next job? Are they excited about location, what they're selling, money? Like what is it that are kind of like the top things that they're looking for? 
I think it's really going to depend on the student. Like we talked a little bit more before, there's so many different opportunities in sales and you can go in so many different directions. If you have that kind of foundation knowledge of of the sales process and how to sell, I think you can really take it anywhere. So I think that piece of it is exciting to students. There's obviously opportunity to be well compensated in sales careers. So that's exciting. And again, it can also be very rewarding. So when you have those business relationships and you're able to provide a solution and help. So I think each student, it's going to be a little bit different on what makes them tick, but it's an exciting thing to be a part of, right? Because they've been working so hard in their academic career to get to this point. So to finally see it it happening is really exciting. And I'm fortunate that I get to be a part of that. That's actually a good point too, because since there are so many things that students are excited by, some people might be really money motivated. Some people are really excited about what they're selling or where they're going to be living or the team or the training that they get. It kind of proves that sales can really be for a lot of different people, right? And Mm -hmm. you can find something in a sales career that really works with you and your personality to go back to that topic of, it's not just an extrovert who's the perfect person for a sales job. Most universities across the country are 100% virtual right now, which with the circumstances of what's going on, we've all kind of had to adapt. What do you think are some of the pros and cons of working from home or teaching from home and walk us through some of the challenges that you and your students have faced? That's a great question. And and our university this semester, at least, our sales classes, we are 100% virtual. So there are things being offered on campus, but as far as our sales classes go for this semester, we're completely virtual. And I think silver lining, it's been really good to be able to provide students with this experience before they leave the university, because these are now critical selling skills, right? There's probably very few sales positions where you're going to get where you're not going to have some sort of meeting or call where you're interacting with somebody who's not right in front of you. So I'm glad that we're able to provide them with a little bit of that experience. I do miss being face-to-face with our students. There's no replacing that. But I'm very thankful, too, that we have platforms now that we can do networking events. We can do role plays. And so I'm glad that we can provide this experience to our students because I think it is necessary now. But I also can't wait to get back on campus. Yeah, I think we're all really fortunate that a lot of the resources we use and need in order to be successful in what we do, we can access from home. So there are pros and cons for sure. I guess thinking back on your professional career as a whole, who do you think has been the most influential person in your life as you've taken these steps in your career? I would credit two people. Scott Sherwood, who who I think of as my mentor, he really brought me on to the center of professional selling. And I've really followed his vision um, since he's retired. And I can't take a lot of the credit for some of the great things that we've done here. And I've just learned so much from Scott. And also my husband, he's very sales-minded. So sales is a very common topic at our dinner table. We're always sharing ideas. We both really enjoy what we do. So I always appreciate if I have a situation or a problem I don't know how to handle, I appreciate his perspective and getting his feedback. I love that. I think a strong support system is so essential. I mean, in general in life, but even particularly in a sales career, you'll have ups and downs and good days and bad days. And that's why culture is so important too. And why a lot of students find that they're really looking for an ideal sort of environment when they're learning these sort of skills. Do you have any books that you would recommend to individuals that are considering sales as a career or just influential books that you've read over time? I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'm a marathon runner. So I spend a lot of time with headphones on 
And so I'm always looking for interesting things and ways to kind of learn more and, and continue learning. So a book I really enjoy, Go-Givers Sell More is one that I really enjoy. And a podcast that I've really been geeking out to lately is the Sales Scholars. So they interview sales educators. And to me, it's really cool to be able to learn best practices and trends from some of the leaders in my own industry. So I'm always listening to audiobooks and podcasts. That's great. I think it's just the continuous learning outside of just the classroom. The transition from being at university and kind of taking classes and being in that learning mode into the full-time kind of workload, that transition doesn't mean that learning needs to end. So it's great that people are going that extra mile and getting exposure in books and stuff. Kristen, do you have any other questions? Yeah. April, we're gearing up. It's second semester. Graduation is around the corner, which is kind of wild to think about. So when you think about students, I'm sure they're in full interview mode. And if they're not now, they're about to be. (laughs) What would you suggest to them to prepare for a sales interview? Is that something that you guys talk about in your classes? Is there any advice you'd have for someone who is preparing to start their interviews for post-graduation? Yes. Well, how you prepare for your interview is indicative of how you'll prepare for your sales meetings, right? So I would give someone the same advice if they were going into an interview or a sales appointment. First and foremost, you need to spend some time researching. So not just the company and that industry, but the person or people that you're going to be meeting with. And that includes connecting with them on LinkedIn. Second, you also need to think of your unique value proposition. So why are you a good fit for this company? Why are you a solution? And have some stories and examples in mind to share and practice telling that story. I would also say prepare some questions. Your interviewer will ask you what questions you have. Put together a thoughtful list in advance so that you're not caught off guard. If you're really considering a career with this company, you really should have some questions anyways. So think of really what you need to understand if you're going to accept this role. And lastly, don't be afraid to ask for the sale. So what's the next step of this process? What's the timeline? Definitely don't leave it at, I'll wait to hear from you. That is an incredibly comprehensive list and it's perfect. And it absolutely is. I mean, it's one of the reasons we have our interviewees do a role play is because we want to see how are you going to prepare for it just for this one interview, because this is what every day is going to be like when you're actually in the job. So that was a really good list. When you think about sales, you went from being an individual contributor, selling every day to teaching the profession. What do you think is like the one skill or thing that you feel like you've got better at or that you have down, that you're really good at when it comes to sales skills? I think connecting with people and seeing them as individuals. And I know that we've got to do that when we're in a sales role, but I think I've even learned that's more important when I'm talking to students, because again, they're unique. They have different backgrounds, different experiences, and they have different career goals too. So not being able to talk to students all the same, really understanding their story and how I can help them the most. Yeah, that's a good point. It's the life skill. It doesn't matter what you're selling. If you become a professor, if you go into management, there's been a common theme with what you've been telling us. And that is about giving, not taking. Mm -hmm. And I think if you treat everyone as an individual and you want to help that you'll be successful in sales and you'll be successful long-term in your career as well. That's great. So we have some fun kind of like quick hitter questions for you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Not too deep, but we do ask some of our interviews this question as well. So you already gave us one of your favorite books, which is great. If you could be on a billboard anywhere, 
where would it be and what would it say? Oh my gosh. So it would probably be here somewhere locally in the Denver metro area. And I would be talking about our new bachelor's degree in professional selling that we are rolling out this fall. I'm super excited to be able to offer that. So the majority of our students at MSU Denver come from kind of the five county area here in Metro Denver. And so I would want to scream it from the rooftops and make sure everybody in this area knows about our new bachelor's degree. So their major would be professional sales. Exactly. That is incredible. That is great. When I graduated college, which wasn't that long ago, I think there were only like 15 schools with sales programs. So we've come a long way and you're helping the profession, which is amazing. What do you think is more important? Working for a great boss at a not so great company or working for a not so great boss at a great company? Gosh, I would take the great boss. <laughs> I think yeah? Libby touched on the importance of having that support system. And I think if you've got the right people in your quarter, I mean, you can get through the tough stuff. That's a good point. Support system is everything, especially early in your career. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some qualities of a strong leader, a strong manager? I think the qualities for a great leader are somebody who has been in your shoes. So when you're going through a difficult time, somebody who can give you advice that you can actually put to use and somebody who's there to help see you through it. Absolutely. I have one more question. Once one of your students gets a job or multiple offers, how would you advise they choose between multiple offers? First, kudos to the student who's getting multiple (laughs) offers. (laughs) That's always exciting, and that's the goal. And again, I think it's important to really look beyond that job title. So really try to envision what you're going to be doing at this company, what a day in the life is going to be, is going to look like. Can you see yourself happy in this position and succeeding in this position? What's the culture like at this company? What kind of training are they going to provide? Are they going to set you up for success? So that's always the best place to be is when we have students who are evaluating between those multiple offers. Absolutely. Lib, do you have anything else? No, I think we covered a lot today and a lot of students would be able to take a lot away from hearing about your story and the progress that you've made as an individual and all the success that you've found. I mean, to what we were talking about earlier, you've done such incredible work with the Center of Professional Selling and you guys have grown so much over the last couple of years. And we're really excited to be able to partner with you guys and support your students and continue to educate on the greatness that lies within a professional sales career. Oh my gosh. And Kristen, let me thank you guys too. We're very appreciative of you guys and Memory Blue for supporting university sales education. And not just that, when our students do graduate, the opportunities that you're able to provide them and the training. And so we're just so appreciative to be able to work with Memory Blue. Thank you, April. Taking an individual's raw potential and turning them into a thriving sales professional takes the right training. That's where Memory Blue Academy comes in. Memory Blue Academy teaches participants the fundamentals of sales development and all aspects of a lead generation role, regardless of the level of professional experience or background. The course kicks off with a two-day intensive bootcamp session, followed by a six-week ongoing educational program. This is the program every single Memory Blue SDR undergoes at the onset of their tenure. The curriculum covers a wide range of topics, including list building, objection handling, effective sales emails, and more. Participants will be shown how to successfully execute a diverse set of sales activities in a very short time. 
experiencing tangible and lasting skill growth. To learn more and sign up for a seat in an upcoming session, head to memoryblue.com slash academy. Thanks for listening to Tech Sales is for Hustlers. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review after the beep. Thank you.